reading oops, is from um, Matthew chapter 1, and it is on page 913. And, okay. and um, there is before, shows the lineage of um, Jesus and of Joseph. There's a long line, long list of all of the generations, which you can look at at your leisure. Okay. So I'm reading from 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Thanks be to God. Well, I'm very pleased to welcome Chris up to the front to share his reflections on that passage that Christine's just read. And I don't imagine you mind if I pray for you. No. <laughs> Father God, we welcome you here this morning and we thank you for your faithful servant, Chris. We pray that you would bless his words, that you would anoint his speaking and that you would um, meet with us this morning, transforming our hearts and minds uh, as we journey towards celebrating your birth this Advent. We ask this in your name. Amen. Well done for making it through the storm, through the snow drifts this morning. Um, my prayer is that we'll really meet with the Lord as we look at this simple story of Joseph. Joseph, um, usually when, when you have the character Joseph, you, you need a tea towel, don't you? You, you definitely need a tea towel. And, and possibly a dressing gown, a boy's blue dressing gown or a green. And you need a bit of something to go around his head. And then that's about it. I mean, that, he doesn't say much, does he? You know, in the, in the nativity place, he might say, is there room in the inn? And then, I think that's about it. Um, and Mary really has the star role. And of course, baby Jesus uh, is the star of the story. And Joseph um, doesn't often get a look in. So I'm pleased that I can speak on Joseph. And you'll be pleased to know that I won't wear this um, as I speak 
about him. I hope that's okay. So Joseph, we're going to look at Joseph, Jesus' dad. And it's always a little bit awkward because you think, hang on, is he Jesus' dad? Because we know that actually Jesus and the, con- the miraculous conception was from the Holy Spirit. We just heard it. So should, should we call Joseph Jesus' dad? It's all a, a little bit awkward. You know, what is his role? But as we unpack this story, we'll find what an honourable, good man Joseph really is. And I want to tease out, as we look at Joseph, I want to tease three lessons from these scriptures. First, he was a good man. Secondly, he believed God spoke to him. And thirdly, uh, he was obedient to God. So first, Joseph, he was a good man. We heard Christine in the reading read to us that he was faithful to the law. But he didn't want to expose Mary to public shame. You see, by rights, he could have divorced Mary. Now, culturally... Uh, we need to get our heads around how things worked in engagement and, and marriage. So Mary was betrothed to Joseph, which was a legally binding agreement in the Jewish culture. All that awaited the couple was the wedding. Now, if they engaged, excuse, I'm going to be quite frank here, but if they engaged in sexual intercourse with each other, that was not seen as a violation of any cultural norm. Uh, later, Rabbanic writings allowed that a future groom who did uh, sleep with his bride-to-be, that he could live at her father's house and was not guilty of any moral, uh, immoral behaviour. Now, if pregnancy occurred before the wedding, this was not a problem because the parentage of the child was secured. But we do have a problem in our story. Because Joseph knew that he wasn't the dad. So because he was obedient to the law, quietly, we've got an an extreme example in John chapter 8 of a story of a woman found in the act of adultery. I don't want to be too gross here, but, you know, they were found doing it, you know. Just, and she's dragged out in public. And the culture of the day was that the law, the, this is the extreme, the law would say, well, you need to kill this, this person, this woman. But here we've got Joseph who doesn't want to bring shame upon Mary. And this explains Joseph's reaction to divorce her. For that, it really was a legal remedy when faced with infidelity during the betrothal period. So Joseph wanted a quiet, no-fault divorce. And in Deuteronomy 24, we read that a man could do that by just simply writing out a, a certificate 
He was a good man. He was a good man. So while he would have been in his rights to divorce Mary, thinking she slept with another bloke, uh, he has a dream. He believed that God spoke to him. In verse 20, we read this, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So he believed God spoke through dreams. I wonder if you've ever heard God speak to you through dreams. I wonder if you've ever woken up and written out what you believe God may be speaking to you about. I believe God speaks to us through dreams. I believe he wants to instruct us and encourage us and give us insight into what's to come through our dreams. And then Joseph believed that God speaks through the scripture. It goes on to say, as was prophesied, verse 22, as was prophesied, this was to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I may have um, shared before, but I, I was brought up in uh, Zululand um, in South Africa. And uh, although I'm a Baptist minister, uh, my parents uh, were Anglicans. And I was christened at three months old by Bishop Zulu. And uh, I was given a Zulu name, Inkosinati. And Inkosinati means Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. So Joseph, he was a good man. Secondly, he believed God spoke to him in dreams and through scripture. And thirdly, he was obedient to God. Verse 24 reveals that he did what the angel commanded. It's hard being obedient to God. I, I, I want to be honest with you. On Friday, I was in, a, in the usual place that I hang out on a Friday morning, which is Weatherspoons, and it's a busy, big Weatherspoons. And I serve as city centre chaplain in Peterborough. Been there most Friday mornings for about four years. And most Friday mornings, I paint prayers for people. And I had a couple of guests with me who were having a look at our chaplaincy, and they were joining the teams. We've got teams in three different pubs, and here I am in, in my pub. Um, I say it's my pub, <coughs> but some people think that it really is. <laughs> it's bizarre. I think because I'm just so cheeky and I make myself at home. I, I had 16 German pastors come and join me once for a day, and after explaining about what we do, one of them leant forward and went, so uh, this is your pub, yeah? I said, no, no, I'm just the chaplain here. We just hang out. <laughs> so 
I think I, I act as if I own the place. I think. <laughs> anyway, so I've got some guests. I'm explaining what we do. And I'm painting prayers for people. And they are prayers that I hope will, which will speak. They're prayers that I, I really hope will be from God's heart to people's hearts. Um, some people call them prophetic art or prophetic paintings. I call them prayer paintings because people can understand that a little bit. And I'm sitting there explaining to this guy what we're doing. And I just have this overwhelming feeling that I need to go and talk to this family who are tucking into their brunch behind me. And I have this little conversation of, I can't do that. I can't do that. Because I don't want to interrupt the meeting. They're busy. And that feeling comes again. I feel God saying, go. And in the end, I'm obedient. And I go and I say, hi, I've got a prayer painting for you. It's a gift. And it's a scrappy little painting of a boat. I love doing boats. And it's a boat. And on the sail is one word, peace. And I say, my prayer for you three, they have their little boy, is for peace. And this lady just looked at it and she looked at me and she went, you know what? Sometimes just things are meant to happen. She's holding this painting. She has this overwhelming sense that we were meant to have met. I said, are you two all right? She goes, no, we're not. I said, can I pray for you? She goes, yeah, we're, we're, we need that. So, right, we'll do it. What's going on? And they just poured out their heart as to the difficulties that we're having. And it was just a moment of, oh, I'm so pleased that I was obedient. Now, I was quite encouraged, and I had another little painting with me, and it, had, um, it was a real scrappy bit, but of footprints in the sand. And it, do you know the poem, Footprints in the Sand? I thought, well, this is a bit cheesy. So, it's a, I mean, it's busy. You know, it's Christmas meal time. It's work dues out, celebrating time. And it's busy and it's crowded. And I literally bump into this lady. I say, oh, hello, how are you doing? And she goes, oh, what are you doing? And I explain. She goes, let's have a look at that. She went, this is unbelievable. Can I have it? She said, I used to carry my dad. He was really ill. There was a long story about carrying her dad. And uh, he'd had cancer and had to have his, his legs removed. She said, you know what we both did? We got that poem and we had it as a bracelet. And, and she turned it over and I'd written some words from that poem on the other side. She went, yeah, this is for me. But being obedient can be hard. Having that nudge of, I need to go and ask that person, are they Okay. I need to go and call on my neighbour and bring a cake or offer prayer. Or I need to phone a friend and just talk with them. I need to send a card. That sense of obedience can be hard, but Joseph teaches us to name the saviour of the world. So let's get our heads around this. The man who's often represented with a tea towel, and we remember his story, he doesn't say much gets to announce that the birth of the most important person who has ever lived and will ever live, the most mighty, powerful, the one who every knee will bow to and every tongue confess that he is Lord, this insignificant character in this story gets to announce his name is Jesus His name is Jesus. 
Jesus means saviour. And the angel gives him a little bit of insight, doesn't he? He says he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. What an honour. But that obedience, you see, in the family line of things, I think he may have wanted to call his son. Everyone would have thought it was son, and we know later on in the scriptures, people say, oh, who's this? Isn't this Jesus, son of Joseph? Isn't his mum Mary? Aren't they his brothers? See, the village wouldn't have known that secret. (laughs) And he gets to name his son Jesus, but I wonder if he wanted to name him Joseph. Carry on my name. I wonder if Jesus is your saviour. At Christmas time, when we celebrate, we do the nativity, it's all wonderfully good. But we could be excused for thinking that Jesus is meek and mild, the baby Jesus. As Jeremy Clarkson likes to say, often, baby Jesus. If you watch, have watched Top Gear. But this Jesus isn't just baby Jesus. This Jesus is the Messiah, the long-awaited one. Four hundred years they were waiting. From here, this bit of story, to here, four hundred years, and the Messiah comes and God speaks. I wonder, is Jesus your saviour? Do you know him as your saviour, the one who has saved you from your sins? This morning, I wonder if you need to be reacquainted with the living Jesus, the Christ, the one who is exalted to the highest place. May each one of us know him as our saviour. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the example of Joseph. What a man. Lord, we bless you for his story. We thank you that he was a good man. We thank you that he believed that you spoke. Lord, may we hear you speak to us through our dreams, through scripture, uh, through words, through paintings. (laughs) And I thank you that he was obedient to you. And Lord God, would you help us to be people who are obedient? And would you help us to know that you are our saviour? And for those of us this morning who um, have yet to really believe that you have saved us from our sins, Lord, may we, may we know that through and through, that you have saved us.
Jesus' name. Amen.